and I was on a quick decline. And when I spent a lot of time basically heal, healing myself from all of this, like years of damage that was accumulating from the building industry, right? It was mold and it was chemicals in the building industry. And I knew, I'm like, where am I going with my career? You know, where am I going to take this? And finally, um, you know, just a lot of uh, getting into the whole spiritual realm, a lot of meditation, a lot of spiritual growth, self-development type work. That's when I thought, what can I bring to the world? Well, we're talking about all these amazing, you know, technologies and, and modalities. I'm like, why aren't we building the homes, <laughs> you know, like this? And, and really, so that I would say four five years ago was when this whole model started to manifest and started to create itself to where uh, three years ago is when I'm like, okay, look, I'm going to open up a new company. It's going to be building healthy homes and, it, and it's looking at it holistically. Three, two, one, yeah. Welcome to the Performance Rx podcast, the ultimate destination for anyone who wants to perform better in the gym and live a better life outside it. Whether you're just starting your journey or you're a seasoned pro, this show covers a wide range of topics to help you reach your potential and live your best life. Each week on this podcast, I'll be bringing you expert interviews, personal stories, and actionable advice to inspire, educate, and empower you to reach your goals. So hit follow, grab your headphones, and get ready to take your health and performance to the next level. Hey, everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Performance Rx podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Maroney. And today we are embarking on a transformative two part series that sets to reshape the way you think about your home, your health and how they impact your athletic performance. Today, we're diving headfirst into part one of this journey with my guest, Brian Johnson. Brian is not your ordinary builder. He is a building biologist accredited by the Building Biology Institute with over 20 years of experience in construction. But what truly sets him apart is his unshakable passion for health, athletic performance, and holistic wellness. He's an elite athlete ranking in the top 1% as an all-world athlete in Ironman and Xterra events. But there's more to Brian's story. Mold illness is something that he's personally confronted. And in this part one episode, we'll explore his experiences with mold exposure and its profound impact on health. As athletes and fitness enthusiasts, the link between the air we breathe and our performance couldn't be more critical. Our homes are our sanctuaries, but they can also be sources of hidden health hazards. Brian's expertise in construction and building biology has given him unique insights into how our living environments can influence our overall well-being. Brian is on a mission to provide access and know-how for the proven cutting-edge technologies and systems for building holistic living structures. In 2020, he designed and built the world's first optimized living home in Tucson, Arizona. This home stands as a testament to Brian's commitment to optimal living and serves as an educational beacon for other builders seeking sustainable solutions for their clients. In this one-of-a-kind home, you'll find the latest innovations in circadian lighting, EMF protection, 5G shielding, water purification, air quality, and mold-resistant materials. Every aspect of the home is meticulously sourced with the highest quality, safest, and cleanest materials available. Join us today as we uncover the hidden dangers of mold in our homes, how it can affect our health, and share personal experience 
experiences that many of you might relate to. We'll learn how Brian's journey as an athlete and building expert intersect, bringing us closer to understanding the importance of holistic living structures for our health. Whether you're an avid athlete striving for peak performance or simply someone who values their well-being, this episode is for you. Well, let's, um, I know we, we, we've been chatting. Let's, I, do you want to do like, I guess we'll kind of formally conduct the interview or just kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. and, and, and like, yeah. I'm just, you know, I just have a wealth of knowledge in this. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can keep it simple. We can go where you want to go. I will def- definitely just kind of let you, like, if you're okay, I'll just kind of let you lead where you want it to take it. And sure. I'll bring in the information of what you, what, what you would like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my whole my whole thing is just like, you know, like you said, you have a wealth of uh, information and, and obviously a lot of passion, uh, you know, for it as well. And in my opinion, that's kind of like that's where all the magic is. So I definitely have a couple of questions, but we can just, you know, we can also just let it see where the conversation takes us. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess like, you know, like I said, we've been chatting and, and you've already like shared so much. Um, you know, very interesting, you know, just a lot of insight there, but I guess let's kind of take a step back and, and start from the beginning, um, which is, you know, so how did you come up with the concept of your optimized living home? And I guess, you know, for people that maybe aren't familiar with what that would mean, you know, how does that uh, differ from a typical home? And then, you know, if you want to share anything else from your, from your background as well, and how you kind of came across this inspiration that led you down, you know, this road, like you said, 360 degree uh, perspective here. So. Oh yeah. You know, thank you. And you know, I'll kind of just, I'll, I'll sum it up from a, from the early stages of um, my experience in the building, uh, building background, uh, 2002, I've always been in the construction industry, but in 2002, that's when I got my general contractor's license in California. And right, right out of the gate, I knew that I wanted to build something very unique. It's just always been, um, it's always been in, in part of my personality is to do something different. Right. Um, and I'm like, I had mentorship in the building industry. And so I got right into concrete building concrete homes. Um, and in 2003 through 2008 and, um, it's fascinating. Um, it was, it's ahead of its time. It, it's a European technology that they were using a lot in Northern up in Canada um, and it started making its way down here through the U.S. And then, of course, we had the housing bubble back in 2008. And it completely radically changed uh, a lot of things in the economy and cost of materials and steel and concrete. And then, of course, the lumber had had dropped way down. So it, it just and they're super energy efficient homes. But I don't know if everyone was really at 2008 wasn't really riding that wave of the whole energy efficiency type of thing, you know, um, as far as from a, a, a elevated cost factor, um, you know, and then kind of proceeding, I, I fell back in. I went back into doing a lot of more concrete, specialized concrete construction, um, stayed very proactive in the remodeling industry, worked in Palm Springs, California for about 20 years. And in this 20 years, um, I took on a lot of uh, public work type contracts that were, and then this is when the U.S. Green Building Council comes out. 
um, with these projects that what they refer to as the lead L E E D lead projects. And, you know, um, architects that would be part of this lead program, it could be like a platinum, you know, uh, gold, silver, bronze, based upon, you know, how green they were, um, you know, the materials that they were using and how green uh, they would get points and they would get, you know, credited for, you know, um, these projects. Well, during these projects is when I really learned the, the other side of the reality of it. Um, and it, that's just put it this way. It was more opportunistic. Um, and that's where I personally learned. This is my perspective. I'm not speaking for anyone else, but that's where I learned a lot of green, what greenwashing truly means. Um, and was it truly a green agenda? I don't think so. Um, we were using a lot of products that were, um, that were actually recommended that were actually toxic. And, um, I had, at the time I was, you know, mid thirties, didn't care. You know, I was an athlete I was into health, but I was a tough guy, right? Construction worker, you kind of fall into that whole mindset. Uh, it's just a whole different element, you know, in that field. And I had exposed myself to lots of chemicals, um, working on these, these green projects and in, so that's a piece of it. Um, to where I started kind of understanding going, huh, is that really kind of what happens, you know, <laughs> in, in this industry? Okay, well, I'm not sold on this idea. Um, and then, but I was also doing a lot of uh, public type uh, residential uh, projects in Palm Springs. And, and through that 20 years, I had never seen so many moldy homes um, in P Palm Springs, California, that is. And everyone thinks, because it's on the edge of the Mojave Desert, um, everyone thinks, hey, this is a, a super dry climate. Mold yeah. doesn't grow here. I was right? just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and the biggest, one of the biggest mis misconceptions is mold grows everywhere around the world. There's no place that's exempt from it. Um, yeah, even Death Valley probably has mold grown around there somewhere if you lift up a rock um, <laughs> but uh but uh which death valley is not too far from palm springs but um but anyways uh so i had a lot of experience working with mold remediation companies and what they would do um, we would always encounter these projects where we would have to pull off um and as a general contractor you know then you'd have to bring in the proper remediation and they would go through all these protocols at that time, again, I was in the construction industry, wasn't really super mindful for myself and my exposure of these chemical exposures and the mold exposures. Um, and it wasn't until later, I would say about, I was always into health and I was always big into triathlons and Ironmans and things like that. But I myself, you know, I would say at the age of 40, I would say right about 40 because I was training a lot. I was doing a lot of eventing. Well, then that's when I started developing my issues of brain fog, you know, where you literally couldn't, you couldn't even add up one plus one. It was crazy. Like, I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Am I, am I losing my mind, you know? Um, and that's where I got into the whole biohacking scene, um, which ultimately led me to opening up to understanding, you know, integrative, you know, naturopathic homeopathic um functional medicine and 
once I got into that, that's in from from 40, that's just really kind of what opened up my eyes to going, wow, here I thought just because I trained and I swam and I rode my bike and I exercised, of course, it was over exercise, right? It was on the opposite side um, and eating a lot of carbohydrates <laughs> um, that I was pre-diabetic. I had the brain fog. I had all kinds of issues going on at this point in time. And so once I got into the biohacking, that's when I started, you know, going deep down to the rabbit holes of like ozone therapies and red light therapies and circadian rhythm and understanding light and, you know, all these great modalities that, that we have access to. And then working with functional medicine doctors and doing all kinds of testing just to kind of find what was going on. And I was on a quick decline. And when I spent a lot of time basically heal, healing myself from all of this like years of damage that was accumulating from the building industry, right? It was mold and it was chemicals in the building industry. And I knew, I'm like, where am I going with my career? You know, where am I going to take this? And finally, um, you know, just a lot of uh, getting into the whole spiritual realm, a lot of meditation, a lot of spiritual growth, self-development type work. That's when I thought, what can I bring to the world? Well, we're talking about all these amazing, you know, technologies and, and modalities. I'm like, why aren't we building the homes, <laughs> you know, like this? And, and really, so that I would say four, five years ago was when this whole model started to manifest and started to create itself to where uh, three years ago is when I'm like, okay, look, I'm going to open up a new company. It's going to be building healthy homes in it and it's looking at it holistically um you know hence uh synergy 360 so it's like using all these building materials that work synergistically together to create a holistic which is the 360 degrees of course it's even much bigger than that but that's how i was looking at it from a building perspective and it's like okay like the materials like we need to understand it's almost kind of like you know, when we're doing coaching and nutrition, um, you learn to read your labels, you learn to read to understand what you're putting in your body. We start to learn about, you know, probiotics versus antibiotics and in creating this, this microbiome within the body, right? And how do you balance the gut flora? And it's the same way with these homes. And so when I start doing all this research and, you know, there's, there's statistics out there you know, like 90% of the homes built are what they refer to as like a sick building syndrome, SBS, just because of, now the industry is beginning to change, but historically it's like using a lot of high VOCs, formaldehydes, uh, bisphenols, a lot of these toxic, a lot of these chemicals, because everything's mass produced. It's just the way that we build homes. Um, and then the way that they build the homes is they're so airtight um they don't breathe um and things to like in the early sometime in the 70s is when they came up with this energy uh way of building you know for energy costs and efficiencies um but that was when actually everything started becoming worse because now it's like here we're using all these toxic chemicals and now we're we're, we're creating the homes where they're so sealed so tight now you know this is when it starts to change everything because now if there's water leaking coming inside of the home of course you know that's gonna any mold's gonna grow on any kind of a wet source but 
because of the humidity, the condensation, because the, the equilibrium of the house is now completely altered. Um, now that's when we start running into this, what we're leading today with this kind of this pandemic of, of mold toxicity. And a lot of people are starting to link to find, hey, it's mold exposures, right? All these different types of toxic mold exposures. And if we look historically back, you know, like Europe was probably, you know, it's a good model on how homes, you know, were built, you know, hundreds, you know, to thousands of years, you know, hundreds of years ago of these homes that were built and how they were used. They were using these natural, these natural products, right? There wasn't any chemicals in, used in them. And so historically homes were, they're still up to this day. Um, they don't, you know, like the, the mold growth is minimal. There's no EMS in these environments. There's no smart, smart home technologies or anything like that. And these are safe living homes. And, and in Europe, they've really progressed on the methods and the styles using different passive technologies to where they're orientating and they're using the homes to actually collect the natural elements of nature, of wind and sun um, and all these different types of things too. So there's, Europe's a great model. Um, Plus, too, they did a lot of research post-World War II. Uh, that was when the turn of the century when we're starting to use, like, asbestos and lead. And everything's so mass-produced. Well, they noticed, and this is there's a lot of research out there on this, that um, a lot of people um, post-World War II living in homes were, beginning, were becoming sick and, you know, tumors and cancer and, and all these types of things. Well, they linked it together that it's like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's all these toxic building materials because pre-World War II, they didn't have, it was this huge influx. And so they started studying and they put together, I think it was, it was back in the 50s when they actually started to create what's, uh, what's here in the U.S. known as the Building Biology Institute. Um and Building Biology Institute actually started in the U.S. in 1986 because they addressed, they identified, they understood what the what with how we're building today um, versus you know a lot of the understanding of how things were built historically and the predictions of where we were heading to today. Of look, if we don't start changing the building industry, um, you know, people are going to continue you know people are going to get sick from the environment of being in these homes right um i stumbled upon through the whole process of putting synergy 360 together you know i've been putting together my my own list of you know non-toxic building materials find ways to build as green you know kind of circling back to the whole u.s green building council i love the model of what they had created but they were missing the mark in my opinion and I wanted to be the one to bring this to the building industry of how homes that are built. Um, and that's really the big feat. That's the big task. Um, and that's when you kind of become the woo-woo, the tree hugger, the outlier of, hey, what I'm going to try to do to make it practical, right? To how do we talk, how do we speak and how do we talk to architects and, and general contractors to build this way, to make it practical, to not make it like, hey, we're, we're kind of like this radical, you know, people rethinking everything, you know. Um, and so so what I, I was like, you know what, that's fine. I'm going to use that model. And that model is 
truly bringing in, reading the labels, understanding, you know, hey, what products we're using? Are they, what chemicals are in them? And are they truly non-toxic? You know, because truly non-toxic means green. That's, that's building. Um, you know, learning how to use the natural resources, learning where to, to build, if you're building a home, where to build these homes in, in these areas with like clean air, um, away from the cities, you know, more um, rural areas than less dense populated area. And I know everyone doesn't have those those opportunities to do that. But again, it's just kind of recognizing and, and putting this whole thing together. So I know that's a lot of information there kind of historically, um, but it kind of like I really wanted to like just bring it together. Of, hey, this, this is nothing new. Um, when I started putting Synergy 360 together, I stumped, I don't even know how I didn't know about the building biology, but it, it was like when I found out about them, they were already kind of doing it, you know? Um, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic, you know? Um, because me as this like home builder experience, cutting edge, building concrete, being a biohacker, being into functional medicine, understanding um, and being very grounded uh, to be able to back up everything and all the information that I am bringing forward to you, your audience, for me, my audience, um, we get to bring a lot of these tools forward, of course. So that's just kind of the foundation, you know, and then everything just splits into the home building from there, you know, talking about, you know, what, what, what's an EMF and, and what are the exposures and where are the exposures, um, you know, indoor air quality, um, you know, how do we maintain this equilibrium within the home of bringing in fresh air and filtering the air and not relying on HVAC systems always as, as a life support system? Um, you know, the importance of creating, so not only this non-toxic, this non-VOC environment, not full of formaldehydes and outgassing and chemicals, you know, and building green and addressing the EMS, but it's understanding indoor air quality and a very this is a really key um piece here is it's a, it's on ongoing maintenance and cleaning within the home because we can build all the mold-free homes that we want but if they're not maintained and if they're not cleaned mold grows on any kind of a a, a food source such as a, a carbohydrate it could be food it could be cardboard um could be paper on, on drywall um, you know, as soon as it gets exposed to some moisture in a, in a perfect uh, humid climate, all of a sudden, that's when we start to get this mold growth. And that's where we're seeing this big epidemic of mold growing, like all in these areas. So it's having an understanding of these different types of things. So I've kind of laid the history where I am doing what I'm doing, but then we can just kind of segue um, whatever, it, you know, whatever you'd like to take this um you know i'm happy to answer any questions or even go a little bit further into any topic yeah thank you for that overview yeah, it's <laughs> there's there's definitely a, a lot to to unpack there um and i guess you know the, the things that that kind of stood out to me uh and and you and i have talked about i mean like so like when people think about their homes and you know like a, uh you know like maybe not everyone is familiar with like a holistic home or like an optimized healthy home. But, um, I think a lot of people can understand like a, like a hypoallergenic uh, home. Cause you were talking about like cleaning and everything else like that. And, um, I've certainly encountered, uh, homes where, you know, they were, I guess, again, optimized for that. Um, I'm just thinking of like one house, uh, that, 
um, a family member had bought that was previously owned by someone that basically had like a very sick and um, asthmatic child and basically everything and, and it was in Florida and you know again Florida is like rampant well everywhere is rampant with uh, mold but I mean the precautions and everything they took you know for that house you know to keep that child healthy but again we're not just talking about like sick people or people with asthma like 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 you like you said you yourself you know you were a young like you did ironmans right you did ironman triathlons and everything you were an ultra runner yeah, yeah. up until up until three years ago and the only reason i stopped is because i'm so busy building right yeah now. <laughs> yeah well that that's a good problem to have i guess <laughs> um but 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 just kind of going back and, and i had this experience too in my 30s you know coming like at one point in my life i was you know very and again probably admittedly overtraining so that that buildup of uh, inflammation in the body but just like very healthy robust uh you know young adult there and then that that mold exposure yeah it just it just crushed me there um and so yeah so kind of making that point that like this is these are issues that can impact anyone and just because you are young just because you're active um doesn't mean that you're immune. I mean, and I guess that's kind of the the emphasis, you know, for your mission, you know, maybe if I'm if I'm understanding correctly is that like I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um No, that was per that was perfect because now you're kind of bringing it back together of like what what is a holistic home? You know, what 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 for for cuz I didn't really answer the question other than, you know, kind of leading into the background to bring in of what does it mean to create this place for us to heal to to recover right right exactly yeah yeah so i guess let's talk a little bit more about that like what exactly like we've talked about mold exposure like again like indoor air quality you know people are i think are keenly aware of outdoor uh you know pollution there smoke fog but you know there's a lot that comes indoor um i know you've mentioned to me you know we discussed like water you know you've mentioned dmf so yeah i don't know that's a lot more, <laughs> I guess, whichever one we want to start with. <laughs> I, well, you know, let's build off of like, like what you were. So there the was that one part, again, I, I, I didn't want to go down too far down the segue, but it's, you know, like whether you're an athlete or whether you have a compromised immune system, um, you know, we're at certain capacities, we're pushing our bodies too far, you know, as an athlete. Okay. Without the environmental exposures, we're healthy, but we're breaking our body down through just overtraining, overexercise, inflammation, potentially eating foods that even, you know, um, promotes even more inflammation and, and less recovery time. And then, you know, so we're beating our bodies up um, versus, you know, having some type of autoimmunity, you know, it's kind of a similar thing as far as the sense to where, you know, the person's trying to constantly recover, but you right, they're under this uh, chronic inflammation um, from all these environmental exposures, right, of, of what you're talking about, of whether it's externally at work, whether it's externally, um, you know, being exposed in an environment that's just not serving you. Um, and then, of course, within the home, right? And that the mission was what what is the synergy 360 what is holistic home well that ultimately is the goal of 
what can I do moving forward, bringing in all these concepts, you know, that these basic simple concepts I've talked about as far as the non-toxic understanding indoor air quality, understanding mold EMFs and all these types of building materials. Um, but ultimately it's to build a safe home, a sanctuary, a place that you can heal, a place that you can reduce your inflammation. Um, because if we're, if say we're working with functional medicine or say we're working with a doctor when we're on these programs and we're taking, you know, supplementation or, or certain types of things to help reduce inflammation or clean up the diet, you know, but if you're sleeping, you know, next to an, an outlet with your phone plugged in and your phones, you know, on a <laughs> 5G signal all night long, um, it's a little hard to recover the body, right? Um, you know, and that's where we kind of just segue into the whole aspects of, you know, how do we create, you know, okay, say, you know, so for a lot of our audience, you know, we don't have these luxuries to build a new home or, you know, um, and, and, and I'll kind of touch base into remodeling because anything like in a building can be remodeled. It just gets down to a price point of how far we're going to remodel this home to rebuild it, basically, so to speak. But also, I want to speak to the audience of everybody that has an existing home as well. Um, and there's all the way from the simple changes that we can do all the way to, um, you know, remodeling to building a home. And, I, you know, just kind of starting from kind of the lower lying fruit, you know, um, the things that we can do easily in just kind of understanding how do, Brian, how do I create, you know, what can I do to create a safe living environment? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of start off just with more of the indoor air quality. It's understanding air purification, um, making sure that we're using true HEPA filters uh, within the home. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, let me take a step back. It's first up, we want to identify if anyone's concerned of like mold in a home. Um, I've, I've worked with a lot of environmental hygienists. Uh, I've worked with the top in the in the industry. I refer a lot to the uh, indoor uh, environmental professional consensus, Sears X, um, a lot of these panels on, you know, um, people that write protocols and you know, awareness and safety and understanding of how to identify a mold to, to make sure like if they're working with like mold inspection and mold remediation, are they being led the right direction? Because everybody has, everybody, most people have their own agenda or their way that they're going to inspect and remediate. Um, and there's a lot of gold standards. I think it's a big takeaway for everybody to understand if, if anyone's open to this, understand what the principles are and there's documentations out there to assure that we know what are we looking for um, and how to remediate it. And just from the simplicity of like what I've put together, it's one of my top ways of testing for mold in an environment is using the Hermi test. Um, that's the, um, um, that's the uh, environmental relative molding index, um, e e uh, Ermi. And, um, but it's working with somebody that really understands because there's kind of a misconception out there that Ermi gives you a score. We're not so much looking for the score as we're looking to identify these 43 different types of mold strains 
And these are the mold strains that have the direct biological effect, you know, uh, on, on our own biology that are toxic, right? The, all the mycotoxins and things like that. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm a real big advocate, me personally, for ERMI. Um, so if anybody was questionable, um, you know, we can link show notes and, you know, we can link things. Well, how do I do it? You know, and, and we'll, we'll put all that stuff together. But, um, you know, and then there's there's other sophisticated testing. And this isn't, this isn't, this is stuff that a client could DIY. You don't have to hire a mold inspector or, to, or be licensed to test your own home, you know, doing an ERMI. Um, these are these are quick takeaways because um, me as an like if I come in to do a home assessment, which by the way I do home assessments across the country, um, I have a very comprehensive because again I come in as a builder because I'm looking at the whole entire environment um, and then we're breaking it down into segments through these assessments. Um, so I'll, I don't I don't call myself a mold inspector. Um, I call myself a whole, healthy home, uh, you know consultant and doing these assessments and as we progress through the ERMI and we identify certain things if we need to that's when I work um, with a client um, to actually help just to make sure hey are they on the right path you know is are they following these these um, these IEP uh, consensus guidelines um, are they taking the right action so I kind of help facilitate a lot of that um, and as it progresses, I'm going to just jump right into cleaning the home. So I kind of talked about identifying certain molds, but now let's just kind of fast forward and say we have a house that's been remediated or it's clean or how do, how do we know we're on a, a, a good clean cleaning protocol? And believe it or not, again, the mold spores, there's, there's millions, they're everywhere. Um, they're coming into the home for, from our pets. Um, they're coming in off our shoes. They're coming in when the doors are open. Um, it's 24-7 and everything's coming to this home. And unless we're cleaning our surfaces, these, these mold spores do collect. And so if we don't, if we're not cleaning our environment that well, eventually they start to grow and then it starts to turn into, you know, the fungus and then it grows into this, these mold spores, right? Um and so there's different types of testing that you could do to ensure that you're actually keeping your home safe so and clean. And so for a lot of, if there's anyone listening to this, there are actual simple tests that can be done that are inexpensive that can be DIY or I can even walk people through the process to ensure, do I have a good cleaning program within the home? And here, it's as simple as this, and I'm going to make it simple just for the sake of time, but... It, it's using true HEPA vacuum systems in the home. You know, whether it's a portable device, you you, you just got to find something that's a true HEPA uh, rated filter. And you would want to use HEPA. So we would always be dry vacuuming using HEPA from the floors. Um, a little side note is it's always easy to clean a hard surface. So whether it's tile, whether it's stone, whether it's concrete, um, you know, wood flooring, engineered wood flooring, hopefully non-toxic uh, engineered wood flooring and all these are non-toxic, but um, it's easy to clean a hard surface with a HEPA vacuum system. And then we just simply use, it could be dish soap, you know, just a non-toxic dish soap to where you're putting in a spray bottle and you're just putting enough into it to where it has a little bit of a suds on it. And then you clean the surface and you wipe it up with um, 
uh, microfiber type of cloth, and you're actually pulling, you're actually now pulling any residual mold off. So I actually implement very simple protocols to clean these houses with testing that you can go through to ensure, hey, I'm kind of, you know what, I'm kind of skeptical. Do I have a good cleaning program? I'm very sensitive to mold. How do I know that there's not mold growing? Again, I'm kind of past the ERMI side and kind of going more into like more of a routine a year from now, like, am I truly leaving in an area that's, you know, because I've noticed I'm very asthmatic or, you know, I have these allergens or, you know, I, I get this inflammation. Well, I can set these protocols and teach these protocols for people that they can use in their home just to ensure like, Hey, my home is a safe place, you know, for me, for me to truly heal. And Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Super important information. I mean, again, like you and I both kind of mentioned our, own individual experiences um and i guess subsequent healing journeys you know from mold exposure and you know in my case well i think it, it you know your case too it was from um uh work environments thankfully not home environments there but um and you know i i guess my question is cuz you know again the whole mission of the holistic homes is to have a place where it's a sanctuary and we can heal and recover. So um, let's say, and I don't know, uh, you know, if you can give any other insight there, but let's say, you know, God forbid someone finds quite a bit of mold in their home. They, you know, go through the whole remediation of it and then they have these cleaning protocols, um, but they do exhibit some of those symptoms from toxic mold exposure um are there any do you have any other thoughts or ideas on like what they could do i guess with on the on the home side i guess uh to continue to heal from that because i know like again you and i like you mentioned biohacking and i've also gone down the the biohacker uh rabbit hole there um you know which has, you know, again, it's, it's been a healing journey. It's been many years, but there's a lot of things on the nutritional side and overall health side there. But yeah, I don't know any other thoughts or insights for that. You know, yeah, I, I, for me, again, this is just my, my personal opinion. My perspective is working with fun functional medicine is so, is so key essential in this whole game of everything, because a, a good a functional medicine doctor, under, especially working with, um, you know, people with like mold issues, right, is um, Great Plains has their, this is a pretty common test. It's called their mycotoxin test um, by Great Plains and a functional medicine doctor can help, you know, these are simple tests and they can be a little bit costly, but these are tests that can help identify you know, these, these specific mold strains, um, and, um, you know, these exposures, you know, then, then I think it's really important. And then here's the cool thing. This is, you know, for anybody that's kind of going along this path and this is information you can take an ERMI test that's identified. So it's kind of like, it's almost kind of mycotoxin test, you know, for the home, you know, for the home, um, uh, because that's kind of what an ERMI, it's a PCR DNA test. And that's what it's doing. It's, it's collecting all these different strains. And when you're doing a mycotoxin test within the body, we can actually correlate this information just to know, hey, is it truly actually, you know, you've had this remediation work. It's done. You know, you, you, of course, you have these hypersensitivities, you know, for mold exposures and whatnot. Is this mold coming from the home area? Right. Or is it coming from a food source area 
uh, is it coming from an, a, another environmental area because of where we might live? Maybe there's just a lot of, of just condensed mold spores in this area. Um, you know, so those two tests, I always recommend uh, a kind of correlating to go a little bit further in depth, um, you know, because we can have this, we can have this cleaning protocol into place. I, I really ultimately, I think that's kind of like the biggest takeaway. And I know I'm just kind of giving, making it sound simple and it, it kind of is, but we just have to be, again, if we're, if we're sensitive to these types of things, if we're using these other pathways tests that are testing for these proteins, which are, if it's an elevated protein, more than likely it could be a good chance that it's a mold source. Um, that's for us that are super hypersensitive to the molds and have any concerns for like an ongoing, it's like, literally, it's like doing deep spring cleaning. Here we are, we're in spring. It's a perfect time of the year. Where did the whole spring cleaning thing come from anyway? Right? Like, isn't it? It's so important that we keep a clean environment, especially if we have a lot of sensitivities to, you know, chemicals in, in molds and things like that. So I think my, my big kind of my contribution and the takeaway is just the adding, hey, you know, do ermies, do these mycotoxin tests, you know, come up with a good cleaning protocol within the house. You know, again, more from the indoor air quality perspective, again, running good HEPA systems, um, uh, filter systems within the HVAC system, if we have an HVAC system in the home. Um, you know, I know like a lot of these portable, you know, they, they, they make some really nice systems. I'm not going to say any names out there, but, you know, some of them are using, and I've been doing a lot of research on like UV technology, um, over the UVB and all these different types of uh, hydroxyl type units that are, it's, you know, it's basically taking the bacteria and allergens and pathogens and mold spores out of the air. Um, but sometimes those can actually create a little bit more troubles too. Um, so some people actually are super sensitive to this. So I would definitely tune into these, these portable systems. And really it's kind of back to the basics to understanding whether you have an HVAC system and you can upgrade to a true HEPA uh, filter system for that. Um, of course, making sure the duct works are clean. Let's not forget, you know, I didn't really kind of touch base into that, you know, but assuming we've done some remediation or some deep cleaning in the home for these sensitivities, making sure the duct work, the registers um, or the intakes coming into the HVAC system, the coils, the coils on the HVAC system. These are big things. Um, and when we hire, you know, again, I don't want to knock any HVAC companies, but they're not looking at it the way that we look at it. Like we're going to be very meticulous because we want to make sure is the plenum areas where the air is coming in. Is it clean? Is the coils, do they have mold? Because the coils get exposed to condensation and water does get exposed in the coils. And guess what? That's where mold grows. You know, once you have that, you now have compromised the entire ductwork system of an HVAC system within the home. So you can clean all you want, but then you're just going to be pumping all this. So really it kind of starts, I kind of been kind of all over the place with you, but it ultimately starts with an ERMI, then it's clean in the HVAC systems. And then we're setting a clean mold protocol because we've already identified, we've remediated, we've addressed, you know, now we're like, okay, Hey, this is what we need to do to keep this environment clean. So that's kind of like your your triage, I guess, there, so to speak. Yeah, from an from it from an IAQ indoor air quality perspective, for sure. You know, because we're looking at the IAQ as again, it's the microbiome, right? And so, 
I just kind of um, gave a recommendation of using a, a probiotic within the home to clean the home naturally. We don't want to be, that's another thing too. It's following that IEP and we'll link that for your clients. Follow, if you follow these protocols, like these myths of, and I know God's sakes, I do actually hear people still cleaning with bleach, which blows my mind um, of why anybody would be cleaning with bleach, you know, to, to kill mold. Um, that it's a big no, no. Uh, I think a lot of people know that, but I don't want to assume that. Um, but then there's a lot of these, um, there's a lot of these, um, uh, these mold, um, cleaners, inhibitors, uh, that have different types of not biocides, but they'll have anti, uh, microbial, antifungal types of additives, like using, um, essential oils, such as like tea tree oil. In, in different uh, essential oils, um, those actually actually create issues within the home. So it's almost like giving your home an antibiotic than it would be a probiotic uh, because it's eradicating and it's changing the whole eco environment. And there's some people are actually sensitive to certain types of, of these oils. And then plus they do attract, uh, they actually do believe it or not, attract and potentially promote um, growth of things that we don't want. So it's really simple as far as I can't, I can't make it any more simple than just using a simple clean um, dish detergent as a cleaner and microfibers for cleaning your whole entire house. Oh, it's so interesting. You bring up the tea tree oil because when I was, you know, initially going through my, my whole I guess, mold born illness, we'll call it there. Like I was also, at, there was, there were so many things to just have to figure out as I'm sure you're, <laughs> you've probably had your own experience working with doctors. But um, at the time I, again, had like all sorts of like skin reactions to just everything because my body was in total chaos. But at that time I was using uh, a face cleaner that had tea tree oil in it. And it was just like, it was just like, it it inflamed my skin to to no end there and initially i was like oh that's that's part of the uh you know i was like i was like oh that's that's the culprit there but that was just one piece of the culprit again there was a lot of other things to have to uh figure out what was causing all this dysfunction but yeah that's I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm happy to hear that that tea tree oil is a common thing, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm glad it it wasn't just me or that I was like making something up in my mind. I think I think the takeaway for that that you added to is just understanding that there, there's a place, you know, and tea tree oil does some amazing things. And we'll just kind of just use that as just a quick example. There's a place, there's a time and there's a place to, to use these things. Um, you know, like, so, you know, for you, maybe it was it more, maybe it was actually creating a detox and it was pulling toxins out of the body. And right then there was this, this by uh, product of, you know, skin inflammation or whatever. Um, but, you know, from the cleaning sense, um, you know, there's companies out there that are using it to fog, um, you know, all these uh, duct work and their HVAC systems and things like that. And there's a lot of studies out there that find that actually creates more of a an adverse effect than it does to actually help clean and offer the, the safest remediation solution out there. So yeah, there's this, it, there's just a lot of information out there and it's just, I think having the guidance of somebody to help to understand, you know, and again, this is all documented. This is all put together by 
top professionals and health advisors in the industry. So the information I'm sharing with this group, this isn't anything that I made up. You know, this is stuff that comes from the top professionals in the industry. Hey, really quick, before you go, I need you to do one thing for me. If there was something in this episode that you think would be of value to someone else, please share it for me. My goal is to empower as many people as possible on their health and fitness journeys. And one of the best ways to do it is to share awesome information like what you heard in today's episode out with many others. So do me a favor, copy and paste that link, send it to one of your friends, your family, or anyone who you think would get some enjoyment and value out of this. I appreciate you for listening. I'll see you next time.